This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are quickly looking back at a lackluster Week 18 before discussing the upcoming playoffs. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at dydownload2020, and you can find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. All right, so let's take a quick look back at week 18, and really there are only two big games that stuck out to me, and a third one that uh, we'll put in the ugly category, and we're going to use the modicum that we've been using most of the season, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good. Chargers at Raiders. This has to be one of the most entertaining games I can remember given the amount of stakes that were on the line for this one, as well as how it kind of played out and the fact that there could have been a tie that would have been as beneficial to both teams making the playoffs as anything else with a third team sitting at home praying to God that one of these teams decided to try and win the game. I don't know what happened to give us such a great football game after such a crappy rest of the day, but that has to be one of the best things I've, I've seen in a, quite a while. I think that was my game of the week was this one from last week. But yeah, absolutely. This one was a fun one from all the way around. You could feel that Vegas energy through the television. Like I can't even imagine what it was like being at that game, but for sure, like you turned on the TV, you heard the crowd, you heard the announcers. It felt like a big time playoff game. And that's essentially what it was. That was a big time playoff game. And both the teams came out and they showed up too. So it just kind of sucks that one of them has to go home at the end of it. I don't know about you. I wasn't really rooting for a tie, but it would have been really interesting to see if there was like some type of truce that was agreed upon. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. You hear the people, you know, all on the talk shows and everything like that. Like you play to win the game. And like, as a player, just thinking if I was involved in that, there's no way in hell you would have told me, uh, let's just go for the tie. That's just doesn't make sense. That's not ingrained in these players' brains. So I'm just glad we had a great football game. I think there would have been mass mutiny on the teams had they gone intentionally for the tie. Like I understand if you get, in overtime and there's maybe two minutes left and you're on your own 20, you just kind of run the ball and you're willing to accept the outcome instead of trying to win the game and potentially losing it. But when you're in a potential winning mode or area where you can actually affect the win of the game at that point, I have all the reason to believe that they were going to go for the win as best as possible, but we're only going to do so if they didn't maximize their chances at losing. So they weren't going to put the ball in the air. They were definitely going to run the football, and they did. I think the conspiracy theories over, oh, you made the Raiders really want to win that game that much more. No, not no, really. Yeah. I, I think nope, I'm not with that If either. the Chargers stopped them on that one, I think they probably just punt the football and hope that the Chargers basically uh, kneel down on it or run the ball and let the clock run out. I mean, to me, that timeout was signaled with six seconds left on the play clock and 38 seconds left on the total clock. 
I really don't think it would have mattered all that much differently if they stopped them on third down, as opposed to giving up the first down where they could call the timeout and attempt a field goal. So yeah, all I of mean, that you, stuff is BS to me. You gave up 10 yards. That's the reason why you lost the game. The timeout had nothing to do with it. You gave up 10 yards and made a 57 f- yard field goal into a 47 yard field goal. Like, duh, that's where it was. I stopped the guy even for like, I don't know, you know, even if you're pushing it for like a 50 yard field goal, that's still a lot. You're going to try it. But I mean, a 47 yard field goal, that's, I mean, I don't want to say it's easy because kicking a field goal is not hard, but that's, that should be something that you expect nine times out of 10 to go in. If you're a, the kicker and the, and the team as well. Well, unless you're a chargers kicker, I mean, or a Tennessee <laughs> kicker over the years, that has proven to be the opposite, but I mean, the the amount of times we heard on the broadcast that Daniel Carlson has yet to miss a field goal inside the Raiders stadium, I, I knew he was going to make it the minute he went on the field, and it was at least within a makeable range. I think about 53 yards and in is just about makeable for any professional kicker, probably about 60 to 70% of the time. And if you get down to about a 45-yard field goal, I think that's probably about three out of four he's probably going to make that one. Mm-hmm. So to me, it it all comes down to two different factors consistently over the course of the season. The Chargers cannot stop anybody running the football. They were one of the worst per play rushing defenses in the league all season. And twice in big situations near the end of the game and before the half, they gave up huge running plays that basically gave points to the Raiders and cost them their season. And the fact that they had to keep consistently go for it on fourth down in order to save their bacon. Because, I mean, if there's one thing that we've known about Brandon Staley all all season, it's that he is going to go for it on fourth down. Now, they had to like six times on that final drive and that 19 play drive. Literally, they could have just moved the ball 10 yards and then said, all right, can you set the plate or uh, the downs marker to fourth down right away because the first three plays of each one of those series, they didn't do jack crap. And then all of a sudden it hits fourth down and Justin Herbert pulls like some magic arrow out of his bag. I don't know. That was one of the weirdest and most enjoyable drives I've seen in my life. And it really did feel like one of those classic old, like Brett Favre from the nineties or John Elway from the eighties that you get on uh, NFL classic all the time. So then let's move to the bad the Rams blowing a double-digit lead in the second half. They were 45-0 and 0 under Sean McVay at halftime if they had a lead, let alone a double-digit lead. They had a full touchdown lead with like a minute to go in this game, and they still get it into overtime and lose to the 49ers yet again. Sean McVay has yet to beat Kyle Shanahan in a meaningful game. I don't with the Rams. I don't know. There's way too much talent on that team for this stuff to be happening. But I, I've kind of felt that even if I haven't said it on this show, but I've kind of felt like this is who the Rams are. I don't think they're any closer to winning a Super Bowl now than they were at the beginning of the year. Maybe at the beginning of the year, I felt more likely that they would. It's just they're just not playing great. And I don't know. They sacrificed a lot of their their future to be playing as mediocre, I guess, as as they are. They got some great players, but they just haven't figured out how to put it all together. They have a lot of great individual players, but they don't necessarily have a great team with a lot of depth. And you start picking apart and taking out certain guys that 
have to maximize their ability in order for the Rams to win. And all of a sudden this kind of becomes a paper tiger to me. I know this is going to seem counterproductive given where my picks are going to go later on, but to me, they are a lot of sizzle and no steak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And I think this is how we we both were, I think, about the Cardinals earlier on in the season, especially when they're undefeated. I think both of us were like, yeah, yeah, but I just I don't see a Super Bowl team when I look at them. And they're the same way I feel about the Rams. So I know if I'm putting money down, it's nowhere near those two teams. Well, and to be fair, let's put it this way. I really don't feel that strongly about any of the NFC West teams as a true title contender. And yet I still think they can disrupt the playoffs more than almost any other team because all three teams are wildly inconsistent. You want to talk about the Niners needed to win a game that they probably should have had going away on Thursday night two weeks ago against the Tennessee Titans and lost that game in a game that the Titans should have never really been in. Coming back from double-digit points this last weekend or the Texans game that they let the Texans hang around. I know Trey Lance was starting, but the, the Niners just seem kind of this team that's all over the place sometimes, and I have no idea how to evaluate them. But compared to the Rams and the Cardinals, especially of late, I would probably take them over the other two. And yet all of them, I could very easily see making it to a Super Bowl based on their talent level. I mean, yeah, I can I can agree with that. I, I still feel how I feel, though. I'm not putting my money on it. Yeah, no. I think they can go on a run. But winning three or four games um, this time of the year, that's pretty tough to do, too. But we've seen teams do it. I just I don't know if these are especially with what you're saying with the inconsistencies. I don't know if they can go on a run like that. Well, and given the pedigree of all three coaches, they've all had notable big game choke situations. Kyle Shanahan in the, in the last two Super Bowls, he's been a part of with the Falcons and the 49ers. He lost big leads in both of those games. Uh, you want to talk about Sean McVay in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against the Patriots or the fact that he's come up very short in the last few playoffs. Cliff Kingsbury hasn't been to the playoffs, but just seemingly about every big game they have in the second half of seasons, they have squandered away. So I really don't know how to evaluate either of these teams, and I guess we'll save it here coming up, but I don't know. It's just a huge question mark as to what we actually saw in the field. I thought it was the second most entertaining game of the day, given that the 49ers had to come back in that last drive, and I don't know how you allow a 55-yard pass to Debo Samuel up the seam with less than a minute to go, but good Lord. All right, and finally, the ugly. I don't think we need to say a ton about this one because – What is there really to say? But the Colts losing in Jacksonville for the sixth straight season with the playoffs on the line this time in what was deemed before the game only a 17% chance of likelihood that Jacksonville was going to beat the Colts. The Colts were never really in this game. They allowed early points to Jacksonville and got behind by double digits very early on. Carson Wentz couldn't throw the ball and Jonathan Taylor God bless him, was basically stuffed early on and throughout the game. And by the time that uh, they could really do anything about it, they had to really throw in order to get back into the game. And this just ended up piling on the Colts in a way that nobody necessarily saw coming. Yeah, (laughs) it would have been really interesting to listen to Indianapolis sports talk radio 
this past week because I cannot imagine it has been very nice or very pleasant at all. I've come on this show and I've talked about what I think about Carson Wentz and the potential that I think Carson Wentz has, but I really think those injuries really kind of took a toll on him mentally and just him as he used to be a pretty athletic quarterback, one someone that could run around and get you yards when needed, but he is for sure, a, you know, he used to be an envy or that one year, you know, he was an MVP candidate, I would argue. And he's kind of just a shell of what he used to be. And I don't think it's going to get any better, especially with the coach that he has. You know, there's probably no coach in the entire NFL that believes in him and his abilities more than Frank Wright does. But this is a really bad look. And this is just a really, really bad game. And I don't know. I think maybe you should have tried a little bit harder to establish a one, knowing that that is the best part of your offense. Even when you're down, knowing that the clock is behind you, worry about that later because you know Jonathan Taylor has the ability to break something huge off too. But I don't know. You got to stick to your strengths. And I don't think they did that at all in this game. And just super, super embarrassing. I really have no words for this. I looked up and I'm like, oh, okay, Jacksonville's up 7 nothing. Well, maybe they'll trade some punches and stick around for a little while. And it just never seemed like the Colts showed up. I, I didn't watch a lot of the game on this one because I was out uh, at a bar with my dad watching the Packers lose. But, I mean, who cares about that game, realistically? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it just seemed to me that they never really got off the bus. And occasionally you have those games, but to have it in week 18 with a chance at the playoffs on the line, I mean, lest we forget two or the last two weeks, they lost to Jacksonville in Jacksonville, the team that now has the number one overall pick, thanks to the Lions also beating Green Bay. And they lost to a Raiders team that they were favored by, I think like seven points at home against and had to allow the Raiders back into the game on a late drive. Like they were up in that game and probably should have had a playoff spot already clinched. So for them to lose this or those last two games, I think is just, I'd hate to be a Colts fan. Two franchises that I've had a lot of respect for over the years, the Colts and the Steelers. I really don't know where those teams or those franchises are going after this season. I I suppose let's get to the actual playoff preview then. The first game up of the weekend We have the Raiders at the Bengals on Saturday afternoon. Bengals are favored by five and a half. Saturday night, we have the Patriots and Bills minus four at home. Then Sunday at noon, we have the Eagles at the Buccaneers, eight and a half points favored at home. 49ers at the Cowboys, Cowboys favored by three at home for the 330 game. And then finally, the Sunday night game, Steelers at Chiefs. I have no idea why they put that as the Sunday night primetime game, but 12 and a half points. I have to imagine it's because the Chiefs are a huge betting favorite and the Steelers, well, I think they're truly America's team. But finally, we have the first playoff Monday night football game of all time. Cardinals at Rams, Rams favored by four at home. So let's do this. Let's uh, take it as almost like the school yearbook phraseology in order to uh, go through these playoff matchups. Which of these do you think is the most likely to have an upset? Most likely to have an upset. Um, I guess I can see Patriots over the Bills. I can see that one, but I can also see the Cardinals going into, I almost said St. Louis, going into LA and beating the Rams too. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take the bigger one. I'm going to take the Cardinals going in and beating the Rams. 
because I think the Patriots actually do beat the Bills. You and I are apparently never going to move past Oakland, San Diego, St. Louis, and the Redskins. Because <laughs> we do it like once a week on this I'm show. Sorry. It is ingrained. But it's it, both it's of just, us. It's I know. both of us. It just is. I can see the Patriots beating the Bills. I can see the Cardinals beating the Rams. Uh, I especially can see the Patriots beating the Bills if it's as cold as and snowy as they're talking about on Sunday night that it's going to be, because that actually does favor the Patriots with their run-first offense and their um, better defense, as opposed to Josh Allen and the air it out Bills, although they have been running the ball a lot better as of late. I just don't know if I would necessarily bet on that game one way or the other, especially if it's cold and windy. The Cardinals have already gone into Los Angeles and beaten the Rams this year. And it was, it was a while ago, but I mean, depending on which team shows up for either of these squads, you have no idea how that game is going to go. But if I'm going to put one game that I think is most likely to be an upset, I'm going to go the 49ers at the Cowboys. I think you've proven over time that even though Garoppolo has a tendency to have big turnovers and interceptions, that I think that they're going to run the football and run it very effectively against Dallas, who actually does give up a lot of yardage to teams. What they're most prone to is big play, particularly interceptions, but turnovers and sacks with that defense. And if the 49ers can run and make it a game of non-third downs, essentially getting first downs or short yardage third downs by the time you get to third down, I think they have a good chance to upset the Cowboys in Dallas particularly because Dallas, I think, is three and five this year against uh, playoff-worthy teams, and two of those wins were against the Eagles in their own division. So I really don't necessarily count those, especially since one of those was this 51-pointer at the end of the year where the Eagles really weren't trying. Most likely game to be a blowout, I'm going to go with the Steelers and the Chiefs because we saw that it was, I think, like a 20-something point blowout two weeks ago, three weeks ago. What do you think is the most likely blowout game? I mean, that's that's where the smart money is at, right? Does anyone really give Pittsburgh any real chance in this game? I now, don't. To be fair, we said the exact same thing about Cleveland last year going into Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I feel, come on, like Cleveland or Pittsburgh and Kansas City are two completely different things. I get what you're saying, but this would be this would be a big time upset if that was if that was to happen. But for me, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay whipping up on the Eagles. I think the Eagles have a pretty decent team. They did a whole lot better than I thought they would this year. Uh, but we know the type of monster that Tampa Bay is, especially Tom Brady in the playoffs. I know a lot of injuries and everything like that. But um, especially in games like this, the big-time teams, um, the more experienced teams, they come out and they do a little bit more. So Tampa Bay, I can see whipping up on Philly. This is Nick Sirianni's first time as a head coach in the playoffs. The Eagles like to run the football. Tampa Bay is best at defending the run. They're going to have most of their complement of defenders back and probably most of their offensive pieces, save for Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, obviously. The Eagles also are the worst defense in the league against tight ends. And for me, this is going to be a field day for the Tampa Bay tight ends and running backs against that Eagles defense. I think this is the worst possible matchup the Eagles could have asked for because Tampa Bay defends all of their strengths and can attack all of their weaknesses. To me, this might actually be the biggest blowout of the weekend that I can see just because I just don't know how the Eagles are going to win this game. All right. The next one I had was most or most exciting game 
or most likely for an exciting game. Let's go with that. Me, I'm going to go with San Francisco and Dallas the, for the main reasons that you said, the potential for a upset. But I do think that these are two teams that I don't really think we, we know exactly who they are yet. You know, one week Dallas is a Super Bowl favorite. The next week they look like dog shit. Kind of same with San Francisco. We kind of really don't know who these teams are. So to go on the big time stage in the playoffs, loser goes home. I think this one will be an exciting one. I agree with you. I think there's a lot of offensive talent on both sides. The defenses are guys that are big time playmakers, not necessarily stalwart units. So if there's going to be any big time defensive plays, it's probably going to be turnovers or sacks or exciting plays as opposed to anything that's just kind of a grinded out sort of game. So I expect that to be exciting, but I'm going to give kind of a curveball one, one we haven't really talked about yet. And the Raiders at the Bengals. Normally that Saturday afternoon game is the one where nobody cares and we just kind of shovel it into that, that slot. It used to be like the Texans and the Chiefs back when they had Alex Smith or uh, I think one year it was like the Texans and the Titans or some random thing like that, where you have fan bases that aren't nationwide and don't have a huge amount of uh, eyeballs that need to be drawn to the attention because people aren't going to necessarily be tuning in for a playoff game in the middle of a Saturday afternoon. But for me, I like where both of these offenses are at. I don't think either of these defenses is necessarily like a great unit. And so I think there are big plays to be had by both of these offenses going forward. I like Derek Carr. I like Joe Burrow. They've both been kind of hot in the last few weeks. I think there's a lot of potential for some big plays in this game. And so I think you could see kind of a semi shootout where it's 27 to 31, something like that, that gives us a lot of great plays and memorable moments. Least exciting matchup for you. Um, that's easy. Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I really don't think that one's going to be all that exciting at all. I think you have more hope in that game than I do. I don't know if I have hope, but I don't know. I, I would agree with you. I think this is, again, one of the most likely for a blowout. I, I really don't know. It's hard to say that the game will go the exact same way it did a few weeks ago, but that's the most likely outcome in my mind. To me, though, if we get a similar game to the last game that we had in Buffalo against the Patriots, that Monday night game where it was just literally the Patriots only threw the ball like three times. I can't think of anything more boring to watch than that. Finally, player you're most excited to watch this weekend. Joey, Joey Burrow for me. First time playoff appearance, um, especially with the big time year that he had. You know, he's played in big time games. We know that. I don't think he'll get rattled at all. I just would, I really want to see him on the big time national stage. I could definitely go with that one. I think he's an exciting player to potentially watch. And I think the quarterbacks are the easy draw for most of us, but I'm going to go with Cooper cup on Monday night. Cause if he has another strong game as he has just about every week this season, I think the Rams are more than likely to win at home. But to me, this is a uh, matchup of two teams that are both inconsistent and definitely could easily win or lose greatly or by close margins. So there's so many potential outcomes for this game. I'm just excited to see one of the best players we've ever had in a particular season light it up in a playoff setting and really get the Cardinals off their rocker. All right, let's go for some playoff predictions. I know you hate doing these because you hate being wrong, but I'm going to make you do them anyway. Championship games, you want me to go first or do you have some predictions of your own? 
Um, I have some predictions. Just for me, it's just kind of, I don't know if they'll match up in the bracket or anything like that with seedings. I don't have it memorized like you do mentally. Um, oh. So tell me if I'm if it's not possible, and I'll pick. So give a me your first one, one here, and I'll. Um, so for the NFC, I am going to go the Green Bay Packers. Okay. And then I'm also going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with a rematch from last year. That does match up. I mean, the one and the yeah. two seed—that's the only possible way they could see each other. Right. In the right. Game. Yeah, I know that one matches up. I think a fun little storyline would be Dallas, but I think they would match up in the divisional round. Uh, no, Dallas cannot meet Green Bay except in the NFC Championship. In the championship, game. I think that one would be fun. But I just Tampa Bay—I I just see—I I, want to see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers again. I just do. I think there are a lot of Packer fans that would be with you, but if it's a Dallas versus Tampa Bay matchup in Tampa Bay, I think that most Packer fans would be either welcoming Mike McCarthy or Tom Brady back and not care which one. Yeah, that, and that's kind of where I'm at too. But I want Tom Brady first, then Mike McCarthy, because I don't have hate in my heart for Mike McCarthy like a lot of people do. <laughs> I just have hate for the Cowboys in general. Uh, Jesus. Um, and then for on the AFC side, if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think Kansas City could make it back, but I, I do think they make it there this time around. So I'm going to go Kansas City. And then this one's tough. Like, I want to say Bengals, but for some reason, I just, I don't think they're there yet. You, it takes steps to get there, right? And I just, I think they're young and I just, I'm not fully on board with them yet. And so the easy answer would be the Titans, but one, two, one, two. Really not all that fun. I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to go Raiders. Okay. I can buy it. You know, I the, the way that they've been playing, the type of adversity that they've gone through all year long is just you can't really teach that type of mental toughness unless you're going through it. And that's exactly what the playoffs are. It's just a mental toughness test. So especially if, they can keep the offense rolling. Derek Carr is kind of doing his thing. I, I'm going to go with Kansas City and, and Oakland. Oakland. See, there was Vegas. I'm going to go Kansas City and Vegas. God damn. Once or twice a week. Never fails. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to try and pick all of this weekend and the divisional round going up to it because that's what people really tune in for is my picks. I know that uh, you're all on pins and needles. So first up, I have the Raiders uh, losing to the Bengals on the road. I have the Bills beating the Patriots. I have the Buccaneers beating the Eagles. I have the Cowboys losing to the 49ers. I have the Chiefs beating the Steelers. And I have the Rams beating the Cardinals on Monday night. So that would mean that the 49ers go up to Green Bay. That would mean that the Chiefs were hosting the Bills. The Bengals would go to Tennessee. And the Buccaneers would uh, host the Rams. I think the Rams are a great matchup for the Buccaneers in a particular way. They've beaten them twice, once each of the last two seasons. I think Sean McVay will be ready. I actually think the Rams could pull the upset in Tampa Bay in this one. I have the Rams beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to host the NFC Championship game because I have the 49ers beating Green Bay in Green Bay. Then I have the Bills and the Chiefs, I have that as the rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. I think the Chiefs are a little miffed at what their performance was earlier this season when the Bills absolutely destroyed them. I think the Chiefs are the better team. I have them moving on. And finally, we have the Bengals against the Titans. I have the Bengals pulling the upset because you need at least one fun upset in there. 
So then finally, we have a rematch of the Bengals-Chiefs game that was so entertaining two weeks ago. I have the Chiefs moving on to the Super Bowl, and I have, once again, Kyle Shanahan getting the better of Sean McVay in a championship game. The 49ers move on. My playoff predictions from before the season come to fruition as the Kansas City Chiefs are crowned the champions of the NFL yet again in Super Bowl 56 over the San Francisco 49. What is your Super Bowl pick, sir? I'm going Packers over the Chiefs. Not as much fanfare and hoopla as you just did because that was real good. But no, I've been going Packers over the Chiefs. I think that was my preseason pick as well. So uh, I'm going to stick with what I said at the beginning of the year. Now, which Packers receiver is going to show up to the game drunk and catch two touchdowns because Boyd Dowler gets hurt in the first half? Devontae Adams. (laughs) He would be the Boyd Dowler in this situation. So we'd have to have like Lazard or Randall Cobb. No, I uh, think it's Devontae Adams. I think it's Devontae. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, a, a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl in Los Angeles, and I don't think Los Angeles has hosted a Super I, Bowl in like 40 years. I understand what you're saying. I just think it would be really funny if the number one wide receiver showed up drunk. <laughs> well, unfortunately, 85 for this team is currently on IR, so I think it would have to be 84. I'm going to go with Tyler Davis as the unheralded hero who shows up and catches two touchdowns, but realistically I have to pick against Green Bay nothing over the past I don't know 10 years has trained me to think any differently of this team that seems to snatch losing from the jaws of victory the other big thing that we have the playoff fantasy draft we did it last year we're bringing it back this season you get to pick 10 players a piece only two of them can be quarterbacks there are no kickers or defenses And it is based on our league scoring. So you get eight flex, two quarterbacks. And since you handsomely lost last season, you may have the first pick. That's real nice. For me, I am going to take, yeah, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers with my first pick. I know he doesn't play one game, but I I think he plays the most. Okay. I can buy it. Hmm. Where do I want to go with this? So you went AR-12. Well, if I have Kansas City winning the whole thing, the natural pick would be Mahomes. But one of the guys that rode me to a championship last year, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. (laughs) That's who I was going to take with my my second pick. And then I'm going to go Cooper Cup. Okay. So you have two picks, sir. I am going to take Jamar Chase. Ooh, that's a good one. And then I am going to take Tom Brady. Okay, so you've got both of the NFC quarterbacks. So I can basically wait on quarterbacks since you can't take another one. So that's fine sure. with me. So I got two picks here. Boy, are there any great running backs? It's hard to say. With Derrick Henry maybe coming back now, Leonard Fournette maybe. Realistically, there aren't a ton of great ones. Tyree Kill injured his heel in last week's game, so that's not a great spot to go. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon. Nice. I, I like the way he's kind of developed lately, and he had a really good year. He seems healthy at the moment. Okay. So then I'm going to go Devontae Adams. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he to... lasted this long. I am going to take Debo Samuel. Good pick. Debo, Debo. And then, and then, (laughs) 
And then, and then I'm going to take Mike Evans. Oh, that's a guy I really considered myself there too. Good picks. Uh, okay. You know, there are strangely a lot of good tight ends in, in this field. You got Gronkowski, you got Waller yet. Now that he seems to be healthy Kittle. I don't think Higby's terrible. So, I mean, there's a he lot. He didn't even say Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Gronk, Dawson Knox. I mean, there are a lot of good fantasy tight ends near the top of this, this year. Let me go Aaron Jones. I'm going to be a little oh. bit of a homer and go with a little bit of a surprise there. And then I'm going to take Eli Mitchell. How many picks do I have left? So you currently have five in the tank. How does that make sense? You went first and then only oh, got one okay, pick got it. Yep, end. got it. Okay. 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 This is great okay. podcasting. <laughs> I am going to take a flyer on Derek Henry. Not bad, not bad. And then I'm gonna go Tyreek Hill. Going with the injured guys. Okay. I mean, that's hey man, not a bad strategy. Off. I know. Yep. All the, the favorites are pretty much off the board at this point. If I have the 49ers and the Rams in there, let's see here. I got six picks, non all non-quarterbacks so far. I'm going to go with Sony Michelle, and I'm going to go George Kittle. My last pick I am going to take. No, you've got – so you've only got seven right now. You actually have three picks left. Oh. Okay, so I am going to go A.J. Dillon okay. and Dalton Schultz. Interesting. I thought you would have gone like C.D. there. No no Zeke love? Not right now. Okay. All right. I mean, so I only have, who would I you – Who seriously, who would you rather have? Would you rather have A.J. Dillon in December playing in Lambeau? Ugh. That well, is somebody I, think, I would not want to fucking tackle at all, especially yeah, I, in those I agree conditions. With you, but the the uh, he doesn't have the home run ability to me, and it's a question of whether he'll have all the goal line car- or carries he has recently. So I think touchdowns will be a, an increaser. But I just see that him splitting more time with Aaron Jones, who's been the more explosive guy the last few weeks, although he did sit out now this last week. I think they just kind of gave him some veteran rest. This is AJ Dillon weather, my friend. This is the this is the reason they got him. Well, that's fair. It's also a matter of how far do you think certain teams are going to go. So, all the right, Packers, all the way. <laughs> all right. So then, I think the obvious one for me at quarterback at that point is I'll take Patrick Mahomes. Wow, he went late. <laughs> well, because I knew I could sit. I on know, him. I know. I was being an ass. And boy, this might come back to haunt me, but I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Wow, I love it personally. I just think Joe Burrow has the more potential to put up like two really good games of stats compared to like if the other or if my picks are accurate. Do you really think Matthew Stafford's going to have like? three really incredible games or Jimmy Garoppolo. I think those teams are going to run the football. I have this last pick, right? Yep. Last pick of the entire thing. You get Mr. Irrelevant. I'm taking playoff Lenny. So three kind of like semi-injured guys. Well, I mean, to be fair, you've got Derek Henry, you've got Mike Evans, who's got that hamstring thing and Tyree kill. So this would be four with playoff Lenny. I love it. All right. All right, so there's your four. So we'll recap here. You took Aaron Rodgers, 
Jamar yep. Chase, Tom Brady, yep. Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, yep. Derrick Henry, Tyreek yep. Hill, A.J. Dillon, yep. Dalton Schultz, and playoff Lenny Fournette. Yep. I have Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Eli Mitchell, Sony Michelle, George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. Sounds so like you're going the, down. What are the stakes this year, my friend? I don't know. You know I never come up with stuff like that. I think it's That's- round of golf. Okay, sounds good. We'll figure out a, a spot of either here in Madison or over by you in Milwaukee, and that'll be enough. Well, if we're doing here in Ma- uh, Milwaukee, we're, we're going to play Brown Deer then. <laughs> okay. I assume if we're playing in Milwaukee, it's likely on my dime, so whatever. <laughs> all right. So, okay, that takes care of our playoff preview. Thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We do appreciate you. We will be back again next week to discuss the wild card round as well as look forward to the divisional round. But until then, until then be safe everyone. And let's enjoy a fun little weekend of football. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynasty download 10 at gmail.com. You can also now follow us on Twitter at dydownload2020. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.